Hi guys, uh, Pastor Greg Corcoran here from Battlefield Baptist Church. Uh, pray that this sermon is a blessing, an encouragement, and a challenge to you in your walk with the Lord. Additionally, I just wanted to say that if we here at Battlefield can ever be a blessing to you, please don't hesitate to contact us. And the best way to do that is through our website at battlefieldbaptist.org. Again, I pray this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and uh, that you'll fall more in love with God, more in love with His Word, and more in love with people. Let's start with joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king. Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Sing 
visiting with us, please be seated. Well, amen. Merry Christmas Eve, and welcome to our 5 p.m. Uh, Christmas Eve service here at Battlefield. Man, we are glad that you made worship um, a priority for you and your family this evening. If this is your first time worshiping with us, or maybe it's the first time that you've been here in a really long time, we would just love to have a record of that visit. So take an opportunity, fill out a connection card. We won't do anything with your info. We'll sell it once or twice, but no biggie. And then um, bring it to the back on your way out. We'd love to meet you, see if there's something we could pray um, for you or your family about. And we also have a gift just to say thanks so much for coming and, and worshiping and joining us um, this evening. Let's pray before we continue our service. Father in heaven, thank you for another opportunity to gather um, and to worship you. Thank you for coming to this earth to think that you would even be just born of a virgin and you had initiated the whole process so that we can be saved from our sins, that we can enter into a right relationship with you. And so thank you for your son. Thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you for saving us. And Father, as we gather here to worship and we're singing songs to you, um, may it cultivate our hearts, the soil of our hearts, God. And, and when a pastor comes to preach, may the seed of your word fall upon good soil this evening. And as it takes root, give us the courage to adjust our lives according to your word and not vice versa. May everything that's said and done, God, be pleasing, be glorifying and honoring to you. And in your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stay seated as we sing this next song. Let's sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem, How Still We See Thee Lie.
Now listen, you guys are going to want to turn around and face this way. It looks like they're getting ready to sing, doesn't it? They're getting ready to sing a song for everybody. But you guys, oh, excuse me, you guys are going to want to look this way because I will tell you the fact that we are able to have this guest with us tonight is more than incredible. And here's the deal. He's going to be reading you a story probably like you have never heard before in your life. And so I don't know. How about we give a round of applause and welcome our very special guest. We caught him right in time, in the right time zone, at the right place. Listen, he is making his moves all over the world, but he made time for us tonight. Would you put your hands together for our very special guest tonight? Can you guess who it is? Oh, I don't know. Let's hear it for our special guest tonight. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Claus. What in the world? All right. Santa. Thank you so much. All right. Oh, don't you look nice tonight? Are you excited? How excited? Very excited. <laughs> you can't wait to get home. And your parents made you to come to church on Christmas Eve. And that is good. You know, you have good parents because they're putting the number one priority. You know what that is? God. That's right, Jesus. Christmas is all about who? Jesus. That's right. Now, all this other stuff is fun, isn't it? Is Santa Claus fun? But it's not about Santa Claus, is it? No. no. Who is it about? Jesus. And are you thankful for parents that are teaching you the important thing of Christmas? Well, tell them. All, on one, two, three, say thank you, Mom and Dad. One, two, three. Oh. <laughs> you have great parents. I'm glad you're here. All right. Well, Santa has a special story for you tonight. It's the story of the legend of the candy cane, and you're going to be able to see the pictures while Santa reads it to you, okay? Are you ready? No? Okay, Asher. Well, what are we waiting for, Asher? Nothing? Okay. All right, listen closely. One dreary evening in the depths of November, a stranger rode into town. He stopped his horse in front of a lonely storefront. The windows were boarded shut, and the door was locked fast. But the man looked at it, smiled, and said, It will do. All through the gray, short days and the long, dark nights of November, the man worked. The townspeople could hear the faint pam, pam, pam of his hammer and the snish, snish, snish of his saw. They could smell the sweet, clean scent of new lumber and the deep, oily smell of new paint. But no one knew who the man was or what he was doing. The mayor hoped that he was a doctor to heal his illness. The young wives hoped he was a tailor to make beautiful dresses. The farmers hoped he was a trader to exchange their grain for goods. But the children, they had the strongest, deepest wish of all a wish they did not tell their parents, a deep, secret wish that none of them said out loud. No one spoke to the man. No one asked if he needed help. They just waited and watched 
and wondered and wished. But one small girl watched and wondered, waited and wished longer than she could stand. And one snowy day, she knocked at the stranger's door. Hello, she said. My name is Lucy. Do you need some help? The man smiled warmly and nodded, and then he opened the door, and Lucy stepped inside. A long counter ran down the side of the room. Bare shelves filled the opposite walls. In the back were dozens and dozens of barrels and crates. Could you help me unpack? The man asked. Lucy's heart sank at the sight of all the boxes. What if they're only barrels of nails and bags of flour? But she removed her dripping boots and hung her coat on a peg. On stocking feet, she crossed the rough wooden floor and knelt beside a crate. Please, open it, the man said. Slowly, Lucy put her hand into the box and pulled out an object wrapped in tissue. Round and heavy, it almost slipped through her fingers. Lucy trembled a little as she unwrapped it. It was a glass jar. Lucy gave the man a puzzled look. Go on, he nodded. So she unpacked another glass jar and another and another until she was completely surrounded by jars of all shapes and sizes, tall and thin, round and squat, jars with lids and jars without. Now, the man said, there's something to put inside. And he pulled over a huge crate stamped with a strange word. As Lucy unpacked, her eyes lit up. It was candy, her favorite candy, gumdrops. Try some, the man said. She popped one in her mouth. Now she could hardly unwrap fast enough. Peppermint sticks, taffy, lollipops, chewing gum. Wide-eyed, she looked at the man. We, we wished, Lucy said. Yes, I know, said the man. And here it is. Welcome to Son of Man's Candy Store. I'm John Sunnaman. Soon the small store was filled with candies gleaming in their glass jars. Raspberry suckers and tiny lemon drops, brightly colored jawbreakers, long tangles of licorice, pink and white peppermints for church and butterscotch balls for company. Then in the last package, in the very last crate, was a candy Lucy had never seen before a red and white striped candy stick with a crook on the end. What is this? asked Lucy. This, Mr. Son of Man explained, is a candy cane. It's a very special Christmas candy. Why? Lucy asked. Tell me, Mr. Son of Man, what letter does it look like? Lucy took the candy and turned it in her hand. J, she said. Yes, Mr. Son of Man smiled. J for Jesus, who was born on Christmas Day. Now, turn it over. What does it remind you of? Lucy looked at the candy in her hand, and she peered intently. I know, she finally said. It looks like a shepherd's staff. 
who were the first to find out about Jesus' birth? Mr. Sunderman asked. Well, the shepherds in the field, Lucy answered, watching over their flocks by night. But Mr. Sunderman, what are the stripes for, Lucy asked. The man's eyes grew sad. The prophet Isaiah said, by his stripes we are healed. Before he died on the cross, Jesus was whipped. He bled terribly. The red reminds us of his suffering and his blood. But then, Mr. Sunderman continued, the candy is white as well. When we give our lives to Jesus, his blood washes away our sins, making us white and pure as snow. That, he said, is the story of the candy cane. Is it a secret? Lucy asked. Mr. Sunderman looked at her for a long moment. It's a story that needs to be told, he said. Will you help me share it? It was now the depths of December, and the town was swept around by blizzard winds, and for days the sun hid itself. But every morning, Mr. Sunderman and Lucy ventured out. They wore heavy woolen coats and bright hand-knit scarves, and in their stiff mitten fingers they each carried a bag. They went to every house in town. They traveled to every farm in the country. They knocked on every door. In every home they told the story. And they left a small gift, and they gave an invitation. On the afternoon of Christmas Eve, the sun finally broke through the clouds, and Sunderman's candy store officially opened. The mayor came, feeling better than he had felt in days. The young wives came dressed in beautiful smiles. The farmers came, eager to trade grain for Christmas gifts. And the children ran in dizzy circles. Yes, their wish had come true. Yes, they had come to share in the opening of the candy store, but they had shared something more, something bigger, something much, much better. On that Christmas Eve, they shared the story of the candy cane. They told of the miracle of Christ's birth, the misery of his death, and the mercy of his love. Do you know today how much Jesus loves you? Yeah, you know, Christmas really could be summed up in just one word. Anybody know what that word is? Yeah, Jesus, but love. Love. You know, that's why Jesus came as a little baby, because he loved us. You know that verse? Can you quote that verse with me that we all know, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, Jesus gave us a gift, didn't he? Now, you're going to get lots of gifts this Christmas because you've all been good, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. There's going to be lots of presents underneath the tree. But don't forget the most important gift that you have, a gift that you have been given, but it's also a gift that you can share. It's a gift that you can give to other people. You can tell other people, your cousins, your neighbors, your schoolmates, everybody that you come in contact with, remind them, yes, you got lots of fun things. You got trucks and trains and all kind of dolls and wonderful things for Christmas. 
but you remind them the most great and the most wonderful gift you've ever received is Jesus because he loves you. And Jesus wants you to enjoy this Christmas. So I'm so glad I got to visit with you. Mrs. Claus has something to give you and uh, to help remind you of the story that we just read. And um, Santa's going to be around for a little while, not long. So after service, you come and meet me out here, and maybe we can take a picture. Would that be okay? Anybody wants to get a picture? But you come come by and get a, get a candy cane, all righty? Don't forget your don't forget your dog. Christmas all. God bless you, brother.
What a blessing. What a blessing that was, amen? It's good to see each and every one of you this evening, and uh, man, we've already had a wonderful day in the Lord's house, had a wonderful service this morning, and uh, good music, and uh, man, tonight we even got a visit from old St. Nick, and, uh, and I'm not sure that every child made the good list, but mom and dad, maybe you'll just show them a little grace this year, okay? And uh, it's good to be in the Lord's house. If you by chance have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. Um, I know this is a different uh, service, but uh, just want to take a couple of minutes. will not be long, but uh, just to kind of remind us of some things. And really, it's already been said, uh, but in Luke chapter 2, I just want to read here for just a little bit and see what the Lord has for us this evening. Let's draw our attention beginning in verse number 1. Of Luke chapter 2, the Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And the Bible says in verse number seven, and she brought forth her firstborn son and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, Verse number 9 says, The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's just open up with a quick word of prayer. Father, we love you and we thank you for really what we've already seen and heard and the songs that we've been able to sing about the joy that came down from heaven and, and your faithfulness to us. And Lord, we have been reminded of your goodness even in the story of a candy cane. Lord, the beautiful special music that reminds us that at this time of the year that we all should be reminded to give ourselves back to you. As Christmas is a season of giving, the greatest gift that we could offer you is ourselves. And so, Lord, I pray that we'll do that just as you did that for us. I pray that you'll be with me now, that you'll give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech. And, Lord, as I always pray, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart 
would be acceptable in your sight because you are my strength and you are my redeemer. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we praise you for what you'll do over the next few moments of time as we look at this passage from your holy word. And we pray this in the precious and powerful name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake, amen and amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for being here. And tonight I just want to simply talk to you just for a couple of minutes on the reality that Christmas, this is good news, Christmas is for everyone, amen? Well, some of you believe me, Christmas is for everyone. That's the beautiful thing about Christmas. It is literally for everyone. In fact, right here in the heart of our passage, if you look with me in verse number 8, our text reminds us, that on the same exact day in which Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that there were shepherds, they were abiding in the field, right? It says they were abiding in the field in the same country, they were keeping watch over their flock by night. Now it says in the same country, that means that these shepherds were in the same territory, they were in the same land, and they were in the fields evidently surrounding what had taken place in Bethlehem. Now, it's important for us to understand that the shepherds were not really looked upon with a lot of, uh, uh, of, uh, of high honor and praise. In fact, they were considered uh, lowly outcasts, if you please. In fact, uh, uh, they were snubbed and despised by, by society as a whole, the religious crowd treated them as outcasts. And the reason is because they were out in the field keeping watch over their flock 24-7 in many cases. And so they were unable to keep up with the ceremonial cleansing and washing when it came to worship. And so while we really don't know a lot about these shepherds, Scripture tells us that these lowly outcasts are the ones that our Heavenly Father chose first to learn about His Son's birth in the town of Bethlehem. Isn't that amazing? He didn't, make a, he didn't have a radio show or a news report for all the, the wealthy people of the world. No, the angel declared to these lowly outcasts. And notice verse number 8. It says shepherds, and it has shepherds in the plural. So that means there was more than one. There were, there were many shepherds, evidently. And then in verse number 10, the angel says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was sharing with the church here that this phrase, good tiding, is literally the Greek word euangelizo. It's the Greek word euangelizo, and it literally means to announce good news. Isn't that good? The angels came to announce good news. In other words, to declare or to bring glad tidings or to preach. In fact, it's actually the same word where we get the idea or the word evangelize. And to, so to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And so throughout the New Testament, we find this word being translated again and again as gospel. And so the gospel, watch this, the gospel, the good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people, is a reminder that Christmas is for everyone. It's for everyone. It's not just for those shepherds on that night. In fact, if you look at verse number 10, I love it, man. I'm not a Greek scholar. But in verse number 10, you find the word all, that it shall be to all people. I did some research. And all literally means all. That means 
Are you getting? Are, are you picking up what I'm throwing down? That means that Christmas is for everyone. That's amazing. It's for all people. Red and yellow, black and white. We're all precious in his sight. Oh, yes, Jesus loves all the little children of the world. Oh, what a wonderful message of Christmas. Oh, Christmas in the gospel is good news. I say it's good news not just simply because it is the story of our Savior's birth, but it is good news because it is for all people. Oh, yes, Christmas is for everyone because the reality is just as Santa declared a few moments ago. All of us need our sins to be forgiven. And Christmas is for everyone because everyone needs the gift of eternal life. Listen, I'm sure there's going to be gifts exchanged tomorrow. I was saying that this morning. But the greatest gift, the unspeakable gift of God that came down from heaven oh so long ago proved his love for all. In fact, he even had the children recite that verse in John 3.16, this picture of the love of God coming down from heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, my friends, Christmas is for everyone because everyone, watch this, needs Christmas. Christmas is for everyone because everyone needs Christmas. And quite honestly, everyone needs Jesus. In fact, Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10, the Bible reminds us that as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3, 23, these are all fun-filled verses, right? You're like, oh, the pastor has to share these. No, I really don't, but I must tell you that all of sinning comes short of the glory of God. I don't think that caught anybody by surprise. You know, when I was 13 years old and I received Christ as my Savior, I remember I was down in Alexandria in Franconia, Virginia at Calvary Road Baptist Church. And I'll just be honest, I was quite an angry boy at that point. Many of you, some of you know that my mother passed away when I was 10 years old. And so for about three years, I had wondered, does God really love me? If God loves me, how could this happen to me? And maybe some of you have gone through seasons and situations like that in your own life. And you question and you wonder, how could God love me? And then I was reminded that God did love me. But I was a sinner and I needed to receive his love and to trust him as the savior of my life. In fact, Ecclesiastes, the wise man says in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 20, for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. There's none of us, not even my wife. And she's good. She's real close. She's real close. But there's none of us. There's none of us who can say, you know what, I'm not a sinner and I don't need to be saved. We all need Jesus, which is why Christmas is for everyone because everyone needs Christmas. Oh, listen, can I tell you tonight? Listen, don't let religiosity fool you. Listen, it doesn't matter whether you're a Buddhist or a Hindu or whether you follow some folk religion or animism. It doesn't matter whether you call yourself a Catholic, a Methodist, a Presbyterian, Episcopalian, a spotted trout. It doesn't matter. Everyone needs Jesus. And that is the beautiful thing about Christmas. Because in love, the Father sent. And in love, the Son came. And he offered his life for you and for me. Oh, listen, everyone needs to be saved. Can I, can I remind you? Our, 
our economic status, our background, our, the color of our skin, the, our nationality, our good works, and on and on. It really, to be honest, it, it, it might look good on a resume, but it really doesn't matter to the Lord. And you say, well, how can you say that? Well, because look right back here in verse number 10. In verse number 10, it says, Behold, the angel says, I bring you good tidings. The angel said, hey, guess what? There's a problem that needs to, be, uh, rend- needs to be fixed. And so guess what? God had a plan before the foundation of the world. And so guess what? Here's the answer. The answer is his only begotten son. And I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Oh, yes, everyone needs Jesus. But we secondly, we know Christmas is for everyone because Jesus died so that everyone could have a chance to be saved. Isn't that good news? In fact, the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 9. The Bible says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death. Watch this, that he should taste death for every man. Notice the phrase at the beginning of this verse. It says, but we see Jesus. Simply put again, this was God's answer. We need to look and see Jesus. And the writer of Hebrews, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is is emphasizing the fact that Jesus' incarnation, right? His incarnation was for the sole purpose of him tasting death for every man. Oh, Christmas is for everyone. Because everyone needs Christmas, every man. Jesus came so that he might taste death for me and for you. And when I think about it, the fact that Jesus would come down from heaven, that he would wrap himself in flesh. You know, I know a lot of people have been wrapping gifts in wrapping paper. Can I tell you, I don't know if you've found, but there's some crummy wrapping paper out there. Maybe you found it. I found some crummy wrapping paper. Every time I go to cut it, it tears, it frays. Can I tell you, when Jesus came down and he clothed himself, wrapped himself in flesh, and he became obedient, obedient unto the death of the cross. Oh, what a wonderful picture of God's love that he came down for you and for me and tasted death. He received the punishment that he didn't deserve so that we could have the gift of Christmas Forever and ever. Oh, the phrase every man stresses without question. Oh, that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary is for every one, every person. In fact, I love to, to point people to 1 John in chapter 2 in verse number 1. Here's, here's the way John puts it. He says, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And who, so we say, who's our advocate? Who is is our defense attorney, if you please? He says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And then he says these words, he says, and he is the propitiation for our sins or atonement there, and not for ours only, but also, watch this, for the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ, think about this, Christmas Jesus Christ literally paid the complete sin debt that you and I could never pay. There's no way we could ever pay that debt. I referenced it this morning, but think about it with me. When he was on the cross and he said, it is finished, that is exactly what Jesus meant. 
In fact, a wise man has once told me and shared with me over the past couple of years that Christmas is the beginning of Easter. Oh, friends, Christmas is for everyone because Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Even in the story of the candy cane, Santa pointed to the prophet Isaiah who said in Isaiah 53 in verse number 6, All we, notice the word all again, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, speaking of God the Father, has laid on him, God the Son, the Iniquity, watch it again, of us all. In other words, all means what? That means he laid on him my sin. He laid on him my funny little honey sin. I told you she was almost close to perfect, but she's not. And so guess what? God the Father had a plan, and he sent his son to be born of a virgin so that you and I could have this opportunity at salvation. Notice the two phrases there in Isaiah 53. You see all at the beginning and all at the end. And literally, it is another reminder. If we go back to Luke chapter 2, it's referencing the same group of people that the angel references in Luke chapter 2. It's the same group of people to whom glad good tidings, right, uh, of great joy, which shall be to all people. Listen, Christmas is for everyone because we know that everyone needs Jesus. We also know that Jesus died so that everyone could have a chance to be saved. And then I would just say, listen, I know that Christmas is for everyone because Jesus actually invites everyone. Watch this. He invites everyone to be saved. In other words, he invites everyone to receive the gift that he came down from heaven to purchase for you and for me. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28, Jesus speaking to uh, the Jewish crowd who were trying to, quite honestly, earn their salvation any other way except through him. He said these words, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In the book of the Revelation, right as we get to the end of the Bible, the Bible says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him hear it say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Oh, listen, the invitation to receive the gift of Christmas is all, is laced literally all through Scripture. In fact, we can go into the Old Testament. I know there's some people say, well, what about the Old Testament? Does that really point to Jesus? Oh, absolutely. Because in Isaiah chapter 45, in verse number 22, the Bible says, look unto me and be ye saved. That's good news. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. The message that God sent then is still applicable today. December the 24th, 2023. Oh, notice Isaiah 45 again. Notice, it doesn't say, notice it says, look unto me and be saved. It doesn't say, look unto me and turn over a new leaf in the new year. You can, turn all, you can turn the leaves over all you want. By the way, I seem to be turning over a lot of leaves lately with the leaf blower out of my house. If y'all want to help, you're welcome to come and help me. But Isaiah doesn't say, hey, look unto me and turn over a new leaf. The prophet Isaiah, he doesn't say, look unto me and promise that you'll never sin because I got news for you. <laughs> 
even though you may have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the reality is that if we said we would never ever sin again, we would be lying because we're covered with flesh. Oh, listen, living a life of holiness is the goal. But I got news for you. Saved people still sin. Uh-oh. They're like, oh, why'd you have to point that out, Pastor? I was looking good tonight. Oh, listen, Isaiah doesn't say, look unto me and become a faithful church member, although that's not a bad idea. He doesn't say, hey, look unto me and begin giving financially to the church. No, salvation does not depend on our living. It depends on our looking. Think about it. Our salvation depends on our looking because the Lord says, when he says, look unto me, he's saying, he's simply saying, just trust me. Quit trying to trust your own works. Quit trying to trust your, your goodness. Quit trying to trust whatever it is that you're relying on to, to give you this, this peace because that peace is temporary. It's, it's not going to last. And so when he says, look unto me the, in Isaiah, he's saying, hey, listen, just trust in me. Listen, believe in me. Put your faith in me. It means turning away from our sinfulness and everything else that we've been depending on and turning towards Jesus. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way by saying, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, we cannot save ourselves. The world cannot save us. The church cannot save us. Religion cannot save us. Our baptism cannot save us. Being a really good person cannot save us. The only one who can save us is Jesus Christ, the Christ child. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 5 and verse number 9. He says, being made perfect, he, speaking of Jesus, became, watch it, the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. The good news of Christmas points to the fact that Jesus did what no one else could do. And back in Luke chapter 2, the angel in verse number 11, he says it this way. He says, for unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The very first three words in this verse remind us that Christmas is for everyone. There it is again. For unto you, for unto you, for unto me, for unto everyone, the angel is saying this Savior was born. In other words, God, who is the very definition of love, sends his only begotten son to die on the cross for you and for me. Oh, my friends, listen, don't get it wrong tonight. Jesus wasn't just a savior for the shepherds abiding in their flock by night. Oh, no. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 4 that in the fullness of time that God sent forth his son being made of a woman, made under the law. And then it goes on in verse number 5 and says to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Oh, my friends, Christmas is for everyone. Yes, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2 and verses 8 and 9, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is, here it is, we keep hearing it resonating in our, in our ears and in our minds and in our hearts. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen, if you're relying on anything other than Jesus, you're not 
you're not going to enjoy Christmas. Let's just put it that way. If you're relying on anything other than Jesus, you're not really going to enjoy Christmas because Jesus is the very definition of Christmas. Oh, listen, Romans in chapter 10. The Bible says that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, the Bible says thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth, watch this, confession is made unto salvation. I don't know about you, but I get excited every year at Christmas because it reminds me that Christmas is for everyone. And you know, God's word tells us that as well. I share one last verse. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13. It's a very short verse, but it's a very important verse. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This year, don't make the mistake. Don't make the mistake of hoping or waiting for something or someone else to fill a void that only Jesus Christ can fill. Oh, he is the Christmas gift that everyone needs because his word tells us over and over and over again that Christmas is for everyone. I share this final quote. Corey Ten Boone once said this, Who can add to Christmas? The perfect motive is that God so loved the world. The perfect gift is that he gave his only son. The only requirement is to believe in him. And the reward of faith is that you shall have everlasting life. I simply implore you, I beg you, I urge you, why not trust the gift, the unspeakable gift of God, the Christmas gift Jesus Christ, the very gift that came down from heaven, why not trust him today, right now, and have the greatest Christmas you will ever have? Can I, can I just say this? I trusted Christ many years ago. Don't try to guess how many years it's been since I was 13. That's just rude. But I got news for you. Life hasn't always been hunky-dory. Just because you receive the greatest gift, a relationship with Jesus Christ, doesn't mean that Monday morning you're not going to get in your car and hit I-66. It's still there waiting, right? But the reality is, as I was telling the church family this morning, I have a peace that passes all understanding. I have a joy that is unspeakable in my soul. Peter reminds me, I have a living hope I, I'm being kept right now as we're here today. I am literally, because of my relationship with Jesus, nothing because of me. I, 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 my, my righteousness is like a filthy rag. But because of Jesus, I am being kept, the Bible says, by the power of God through faith. That's a living hope. And that peace that I have, that joy that I have, and that hope that I have is all connected. Watch this. It's all connected back to the Christ of Christmas who died for you and for me and for the sins of whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me?
man, it's been good to just talk about this gift of Christmas. But I would encourage you, let's, let's just have a time of prayer. Maybe you'd say, Pastor Craig, I'm not sure about all this. I, I'm not sure uh, uh, if I've ever trusted Christ. I've heard about Jesus. I know about Jesus. I, I mean, I, I even saw Santa talking about Jesus, but I've never personally called out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of my sins. Can I tell you, the Bible, as I just shared, makes it really, really simple. Maybe as every head's bowed, let's just pray. Maybe as you're praying right now, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I want to be sure. Can I encourage you? It's not about a hocus-pocus set of words that magically you say and you have a relationship with Jesus. No, but if in your heart you believe that he is the risen Savior of the world and you know that you need a Savior, I mean, we've already talked about it, all of sending comes short of God's glory. And you know this to be a fact. And the Word of God and the Spirit of God have brought you to the point where you need to call out upon the name of the Lord. Could I encourage you, maybe you just say a, a quiet prayer unto yourself. Not drawing attention to yourself, but between you and the Lord. Dear Jesus, the best I know how at this time and this place, I don't understand it all. But I believe that you are the gift of Christmas, and I realize today that Christmas is for everyone, even me. And so, Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. I'm asking you to come into my life and to begin to do a work inside. Change me from the inside out. Jesus, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for coming down from heaven to save my soul. Now, listen, with no one looking around, if you, if you prayed a prayer quietly unto yourself, and you meant business with the Lord, and I only mean if you meant business, as a testimony of that, would you just look at me? I'm not going to point you out. I'll not make you say anything, but if you just look at me, God bless you. God bless you. I see you, young man. God bless you. Young lady, God bless you. Somebody else. Somebody else say, I'm, I'm trusted Christ. God bless you. I see you back there. Bless your heart. God bless you, sir. Someone else say, I'm making my way across. If I don't catch you, God bless you. I see you back there, bro. Somebody else I've trusted Christ. Yes, ma'am. Bless your heart. Praise the Lord. Young man, I see you back there. Bless your heart. Praise the Lord for that. Sir, I see you back there. God bless you. It's the greatest. Listen, Christmas is for everyone. Isn't that amazing? It's crazy to think. Yes, bless your heart, ma'am. Thank you so much. Somebody else. Say, I, I trust trusting Christ as my Savior tonight. Oh, what a wonderful gift. God bless you. I see you, young man. God bless you. Father, we love you. We thank you. For the hearts and the desire and the decisions of the people today to call upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of sin and to enter into the greatest relationship of all, a relationship with you through your son Jesus. God, I thank you for reminding us all, even me, on this day that Christmas is truly a gift for everyone. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we praise you for what you have done in this place. And we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand? We're going to begin singing a song. Listen, no, no greater way to wrap things up by, without, by singing Silent Night. Isn't that a great Christmas tradition? So let's sing Silent Night. It's a wonderful, wonderful Christmas song. And I pray, I pray that you will have 
a very Merry Christmas this year. If you trusted Christ today, I want to encourage you to grab one of those blue bags on your way out. It has a Bible in there, has some helps for you that will be able to get you kick-started, so to speak, on your journey with Jesus. And I would ask you to do this. If I or this church can ever be a blessing to you in any way, please, please, do not just rip down the road. Don't pass by. Call us. Let us do what we can to be a blessing to you. I would count it an honor and a privilege to do that. Have a very Merry Christmas. Let's sing. Father, thank you for the fact that Christmas is for everyone. Lord, this year we, we've talked about the joy of Christmas, the love of Christmas, the hope of Christmas, the peace of Christmas. Lord, thank you so much for being all those things to us and so much more. And this year, as we as we head towards celebrations tomorrow morning, the times we'll enjoy with family and friends, and giving and receiving a presence, I pray that we'll not miss the true meaning of Christmas, the real reason for Christmas. Help us not to take for granted what you did for each and every one of us in coming and giving your life to buy our freedom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Christmas, look forward to seeing you.